Welcome to the Tilted Coaching Podcast and I'm your host, Sheila Walsh. My background is in coaching psychology and organisational consultancy. If it has something to do with people, I'm usually involved and interested, whether it is about personal development, professional development, leadership, relationships, managing or anything else that involves the care of people in some way. A friend of mine encouraged me to do this podcast because he believed that I should bring my insights and my understandings into a really simple bite-sized collection and this is what you have today. I hope you enjoy the Tilted Coaching Podcast. Please do rate us if you find it interesting and you can always pop over to our Patreon account to sponsor it. Let's talk about emotional intelligence. So emotional intelligence is repeatedly discussed in terms of coaching work or training work or development work. And a lot of leadership development and coaching is focused on the development of emotional intelligence because emotional intelligence allows us to relate better to others, to understand the emotions and experiences of others, but also to have a better read on interpersonal dynamics than if we we have lower emotional intelligence. So that's all the positives. There's lots of components to emotional intelligence and there's lots available on the internet to read into it. But one of the things that comes up again and again is this notion of training people to be more emotionally intelligent or coaching them to be. And I often step back and from an OD background, I would think, why do we need to train people to be emotionally intelligent in this organisation? And the reality is that we learn how to shake hands by observing it being role modelled. We learn um, what's appropriate to say and what isn't appropriate to say by observing other people. So if we're in an organisation and the emo- emotional intelligence of the employee seems low or is, in be- or is being engaged at a low rate, then it's often a sign that emotional intelligence isn't being role modelled or maybe isn't being appreciated, being valued or rewarded. So organisational cultures reward what they value And it's not necessarily an official rewarding system, but there is an unconscious um, reward and appreciation for things that we value. So people who demonstrate skills that we value, we tend to give them positive responses to those skills or or those um, attributes. With emotional intelligence, we often have to train it because in an organisation where there may be a commitment to, to, you know, diversity and inclusion, or there may be a commitment to being people-centric. Um, if we're training emotional intelligence, it means that there isn't strong enough role modeling, valuing, validating, and appreciating of emotional intelligence for it to become the social norm and be embedded in the culture. So we aren't bringing an expectation of emotional intelligence to the interactions. And so it's not occurring, but also nobody's elevating to that level of interaction. And it might sound counterintuitive, but there are really good reasons why that doesn't happen. And I'm going to give a reason that I see in a boardroom quite frequently. So a lot of, I'm thinking about a particular organisation that talks about emotional intelligence and psychological safety. But when I enter the boardroom for really important discussions, um, each stakeholder at that table has to fight to be heard. And so if somebody was using their emotional intelligence, they would be listening very carefully. They would be observing And that won't work for their agenda if in that room the only way you get heard is by pushing your point. 
because nobody else is listening. So in a room full of people, if one person is demonstrating emotional intelligence but doesn't actually have a seat of power, then it's very hard for emotional intelligence to be adopted because it would risk other people's needs and agendas not being met by the culture that's happening in that moment. So a really good reason why organisations don't integrate or adopt emotional intelligence in their practices well is because there's an underlying cultural con context that actually prevents emotional intelligence and psychological safety. And how we change that is really simple. We ensure that people in positions of power to start with are expected to perform at an emotionally intelligent level. So they naturally raise the bar by engaging with people in a more emotionally intelligent way. By raising the bar then when they interact with others, they start to naturally role model what they expect, but they also start to call it out. So because you're in a position of power, you can say, I'm looking for everyone in this meeting to really use their, really understand what the other person's point of view is before expressing their own. So you can set a standard of engagement when you're in a position of power, which can't always be done if you're coming in with your peers and there isn't a natural agreement of emotionally intelligent interactions. Um, and so what can happen is somebody with emotional intelligence can actually become quite lost at the table, can become quite invisible in the interaction simply because the way that we are heard and the ways of communicating that we respect and the things that we validate actually might be other behaviours. So it's really important to think about that when we're thinking about emotional intelligence. Actually, if we're training it, why do we need to train it? What isn't being held in the culture that supports it? And the simple ways of shifting that is always the people in the seats of power to shift it with the people that report into them or that require their leadership skills. It is really ineffective, and I've seen it again and again, and this is why a lot of change models don't work, is to come into middle management and expect them to develop emotional intelligence when actually the people they report into have to use different skills to be heard within the organisation. Another example that I've seen is often middle managers being sent into a meeting to role model something or to emphasise something or to come out with a particular agenda being met for their role to be considered successful in that meeting. But if that agenda is being placed on them by the person they report into and then they go into that meeting, it may not be effective to be emotionally intelligent in that meeting and to use influencing skills because that meeting's culture might be doggy dog or it might require um, certain qualities that are counterproductive to emotional intelligence. And so you might be asking someone to be emotionally intelligent but then giving them a task that requires them not to be in this interaction for them to have the outcome you're looking for. And so what we've got to think about is what are the qualities that we use when we're looking for particular outcomes and what is the way that we do it? Because that way needs to be emotionally intelligent from the top down and the bottom up. But it isn't effective to come into people and ask them to perform in a way that is not valued by the company because it just won't stick. And that's where we see a big split in what we say we do and what we actually do. And it's not intentional and it's not even often conscious. But when I come into an organisation, it becomes evident to me why some of the really good change efforts aren't successful. And they're often not successful because they, the value system hasn't integrated, respecting it, appreciating it, valuing it and rewarding it. 
And those things need to be integrated throughout the process for any change to occur, but definitely for emotional intelligence to be adopted. It actually needs to be integrated throughout our processes, not just in our mission statement, not just in our you know, performance management, but actually in how we have difficult conversations and in how we conduct ourselves in meetings. And even the simple structure of how the meeting is set up can have a big impact. So I just want to say that while emotional intelligence is fundamental in a really psychologically safe environment and in effective working and in people-centered processes, there are really good reasons they're not happening and forcing training doesn't necessarily result in emotionally intelligent interactions. So we need both. It's not one or the other. We need to think about it from a strategic integrated point of view about what do we really value? How do we really reward people? And then on the other side, which is how do we help people know what those skills are and how do, do we make it safe for them to use those skills so that those skills result in results they're expected to provide in their position. Some food for thought. If you have any thoughts or questions on it, or if you're struggling with some of these, in, these pieces in your organisation, you can always pop me an email to info at sheilawalsh.com and we can discuss how I might be able to support you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to The Tilted Podcast and I'm your host, Sheila Walsh. If you'd like to sponsor The Tilted Coaching Podcast, simply pop over to patreon.com slash tiltedcoaching and sponsor the podcast for as little as a cup of coffee a month. If I didn't say it correctly, pop over to the link in the bio, visit the Patreon page and become a sponsor. Thanks a million.